Hey, folks, I'm Tom. And this is Keith. And uh, you should know that by now if you're listening to this very program. We talk a lot about the Dunlap Champions Club. Often it has to do with football season, but the season is over. It's in the rearview mirror. But very important note here, don't put the Dunlap Champions Club in the rearview mirror. One of Tallahassee's largest event spaces, the Champions Club is quickly becoming the go-to place for charity functions, meetings, and events located on the fourth floor. Champions Club consists of an east area, a west area, or you can buy them featuring floor-to-ceiling windows overlooking Bobby Bowden Field, providing a spectacular view for all of your guests. We've been there. We've done it. It's worth it. Great event space. Uh, if the fourth floor doesn't suit your needs, there's also the sixth floor, whether it's the southeast terrace or the southwest terrace. Regardless of configuration uh, or number of folks, the Dunlap Champions Club, a great uh, event space and can accommodate your needs. For more information, Mr. Jones? Let's see. You should call the FSUChampionsClub.com. Excuse me. FSUChampionsClub.com do you website. Call, do you call the website or do you, you just log into you the You call the number. Oh, what's the number? The number is 644-1830 or, again, online, FSU championsclub.com he's keith i'm tom we're done broadcasting live from the prime meridian bank studios in the capital city of tallahassee this is front row knowles with tom block and keith jones front row knowles is brought to you by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu now here's tom and keith Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ back again. Keith, it is a big day. It is a big day. This is kind of like uh, Christmas in January. You're opening up the present. You, you know the type of thing that will be in the box. You just don't know the order that it will be in the box. I just meant it's a big day because I get oh, to sorry. see you. It's sorry. once sorry. a week that we get together for Front Row Knowles. <laughs> but, yes, to your point, the football schedule is out. And we will spend the next 60 minutes and then the next six months analyzing said schedule because that's what we do here. I do think it's favorable. Then again, I knew that before we stacked them in an order, and we'll share that momentarily, just because the reality is, for all of FSU's problems, of which there were many last year, the schedule was difficult as well. We don't want to acknowledge it. Two of those teams were in the college football playoff. Does not an excuse for Florida State going five and seven, but this year's schedule would appear to be significantly lighter than what last year's was. Agreed. And I hadn't thought about this. Have you done it? How many other teams were in New Year's Six Bowls? I don't know, Florida? Uh, that's the first one. Was anybody else? I don't recall because I haven't thought about it. Yeah, that Point might... being, three of your opponents are playing in the window. Yeah. Um, NC State, obviously, has been better the last couple of years with what they had at quarterback. We'll get we'll get into the schedule here momentarily. The real reason it's it's a big day, though, Keith, is that I was very negligent in my friend duties last week, and apparently I missed a milestone on the calendar. Oh, God. Uh, which, in, in your case, I mean, literally, it's not the kind of calendar you look at on your phone. It's 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 literally, you know, a big wall calendar because that's, that's how you Norman op- Rockwell photos on Right, that's how you operate. On that's how you operate. Anyway, I'm not going to sing, so uh, don't worry about that. But uh, Front Row Knowles fans, clear the wax out of your ears. Keith Jones um, just hit a milestone, and it's not 50. No. And it's not 70. No. So you do the math. It's somewhere in the middle. How's it feel? I, I mean, uh, it feels old. Yeah. <laughs> if, this one, this one, you talk about birthdays affecting you. Usually you mean mentally, you know, when you yeah. turn 30 or you turn 50. In my case, turning 60 mentally, you know, I've been old for a long time. You like calling me the curmudgeon. But, well, now we have official evidence to support No question. It. No yeah. question. Uh, but 
this one has affected because I've started noticing the aches and pains more because, oh, you're 60. Yeah, my hip hurts. <laughs> oh, yeah. you're 60. Oh, my shoulder hurts. Yeah, I got a few aches and pains. Oh, you're 60. You're a curmudgeon. That too. <laughs> but I appreciate you bringing it up. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, don't worry. There's no dancing girls or anything like that. I thought about trying to orchestrate something significant and complete you, uh, completely throw you off your game. But you're 60, so you're already off your game. And I just figured I'd wish you a happy birthday. Piece of carrot cake will be just fine. All right. Our Seminoles.com <laughs> insider Tim Linnefelt will join us next segment. Uh, we'll get his reaction to the schedule. Uh, also on the Florida State news front, basketball and a little bit of a tailspin is too strong but but obviously obviously not going the correct direction but i do think that there's a quick thought from you i think personally i think the five days off going to boston college is big but the five days off is bigger bigger. and uh, and i'll remind our listeners and we'll talk about it more later in the show that florida state did start one and three in league action last year and in fact at one point was two and four in league action and still was able to overcome that so uh, that's the beauty and the downside of the ACC, that you're going to play back-to-back games on three days that uh, might hurt you, but you also have the opportunity to play more games against equally fine opponents that if you win will help you. So welcome welcome to the league. Florida State has plenty of time to recover. The schedule was top-heavy. You've already played Virginia and Duke. Virginia last night could have beaten the Warriors the way they played against Virginia Tech, No question. Way. So what they did to FSU, that wasn't as if just FSU played poorly. That was... That's who Virginia is right now. Apparently, they didn't take kindly to losing to a 16 seed last year. Yeah, setting the, what was it, the first time the 16 yeah. seed had ever beaten a, a number one seed, uh, that still sticks in their crawl just a little bit, evidently. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, although, you know, Virginia's style of basketball, we're way off track because we need to talk about the football schedule. Uh, you know, it's limited possessions. But if you do play somebody like you did in the tournament and they happen to, to fare well, it's not necessarily the best way to attack it. If you've got the better athletes, you should be playing more possessions. Well, the other the other thing is with limited possessions. But, but this is not Virginia headlines. So. You know, if you're limited possessions and you're hitting your shots, you don't have to maintain hitting those shots for longer periods. You know, if you shoot 60% from the floor and take 35 shots, that's one thing. But if you have to shoot 66% from the floor and take 60 shots, right. it's a totally different game. We're saying the same thing. You just put numbers behind it. There anyway, so the football schedule, Florida State. Drum roll, please. Already, who, are they, who are they opening with? You already who know this because with? the schedule was released earlier today at 2. Uh, they're opening with Boise State in Jacksonville. Wow, where did that come from? Uh, that has <laughs> – we've been talking about this for years. I'm sure people are still talking about how they're going to cancel next year's game at Boise State, which, again, we've been saying for a long time is not going to happen. They're going to go to Boise next year. I, I want to see the blue turf. It, at some point, it, it, once you get within a year, I think the buyout, uh, if you were to cancel, is over a million. It's, and it's probably there now. This Anyway, that's next year's schedule. So that's August 31st in Jacksonville. For or against moving a home game – to another site well so let, that's a that's a bigger discussion so do we want to do that now or do we want to just i mean people know Go through what, the schedule. No, let's Go through do it people know what the schedule is it came out hours ago they've looked at it so point of clarification about boise state it is a moved home game this is this is not a neutral site game where half the tickets are going to boise state and half are going to florida state this is a de facto fsu home game where boise state will have a small allotment fsu controls the game ops controls the parking lots controls the tickets we'll have the chiefs there we'll have i'm sure osceola and renegade we'll do a friday night block party we'll basically take what happens in tallahassee on a game weekend and move it to jacksonville so 
That said, it's still not Doe Campbell Stadium. And you also need to understand, although I, I think publicly Florida State doesn't like talking about it, but the reality of it is it's also a small, if not a large, depending on where you fall on the spectrum, tribute to John Thrasher because you are actually taking a game and moving it to his hometown. And if you haven't heard, uh, it's not official, but you know John's not going to be around forever. And uh, most people think that uh, his term is coming to an end if and when Florida State achieves that number 25 ranking, which was his goal and what he announced when he became president. And so all of that also ties into that, whether they want to talk about that officially or not. That's part of the reality. Back to your question, though. I think Florida State, and I think they're doing this now with with David Coburn as the interim AD, they need to assess whether playing a neutral site game and giving up a home game is worth it. Because on the front, and it's basically a cash now versus a cash later conversation. If you play Alabama, you play these kickoff games, and Florida State has another one on the books against West Virginia in either 20 or 21, they'll get $5 million up front, but it makes it tougher to sell your home schedule that year because now you don't have a marquee opponent because you're not doing home and homes. You know, in a perfect world to me, you could find a balance. Florida State went the other way and went all the way into these neutral site games of late. You know, I mean, we played, how many have we played? Oklahoma State was one. Mississippi State and Orlando. Alabama. Alabama. Now you got this one. That's four out of five years, right? We in Dallas. Uh, that was Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. You know, here's so you're, here's so you're where take, I disagree with. I, I, might, I might be disagreeing with you. With, I think there's distinct differences between a neutral site game and moving a home game. Because the neutral site game you have to do because financially you cannot do it because the payouts have gotten to the point where it's it's you can't turn that down. Moving a home game is a completely different animal in as it relates to the finances. But I also would submit to you that it could potentially help entice some long-term because you're playing in Jacksonville or Tampa or Orlando, and you may get three or five or 7,000 people that are Fuller State folk, have never come to Tallahassee, but like their experience and buy season tickets the next. That's the type of study I would like to see done about merits. Yeah, and I don't know enough about the the math on it. Uh, when I say short-term versus long-term, you play Alabama, you get $5 million. But how much did you sacrifice because your home schedule is not as attractive and people didn't buy tickets that and that's year? that's certainly a concern. So, I mean, There's you might no have question. lost $5 million because you didn't get 5,000 people to renew. And that's the challenge this year for Florida State is the annual fund to getting folks to renew their season tickets because, and we'll go through this, the home schedule, there's not a marquee. I, Florida State fans, especially through the dynasty, you just got conditioned to, well, here's LSU playing here. Here's Southern Cal came in in 97 or whatever. Uh, Oklahoma came in a few years ago. On on top of the fact, and, you know, we take it for granted, but Florida-Miami, when you were in that stage, they were top three teams, and so that was a marquee ticket. So you could sell your season tickets. Now Florida hasn't been as good. Miami hasn't been as good. Nobody's excited about anybody in the ACC when they come to town. So Other, want, other than Clemson. So you want somebody new. Yeah. No, no, I think all of that is part of the discussion, and probably mine smarter than you and I. Uh, should be the ones tasked with studying and paying attention to, to how to work. But this one is what it is, and you got to work with it. By the way, the day, same day that FSU plays Boise State in Jacksonville, Florida plays Miami in Orlando. So the Gators and Canes are finally playing. And so I say that as a public service announcement to, to let you know that everybody whose affinity is orange and blue 
will not be in Jacksonville that weekend. So it'll just be all Florida State. The Boise State folks, I think, are staying at Amelia. There's a little tip for you. I don't know about the team, but I think that's where they're directing their fans. So the rest of Jacksonville will all be FSU. There you go. So did we answer that question? No. I, the but other, we have a whole summer. Here, the, to, the, to the other, the other part of the conversation, though, again, this goes back to is it an excuse or is it a reason? You hear Jerry Kutz and Boosters talk about this all the time. The fan base, 60% of the season ticket holders, and, and more than that of the alumni base, is over four hours away. It's all I-4 quarter and south. It's Tampa, Orlando, and south. And so you could play six home games or you could play eight home games, and the most ardent fan is not going to make eight trips from Miami to see FSU play Alabama State. It's just a population geography thing related to where Tallahassee sits and where the alumni base is. Which is back to another argument why moving a home game every two or three years to a Tampa, Orlando, whatever, might make sense. And all of that just kind of connects and works together. And figuring out think, how to make it work best is is the challenge. I think that and I have nothing to do with any of this scheduling, just thinking out loud, Tampa and Orlando are probably tougher putts to get a game there because USF wants to protect its market and UCF wants to protect Orlando. Jacksonville doesn't have a college team, so they may be more open to it. From a booster perspective, if you could carve that game into the season ticket package so that you're still getting – got six home games plus your ticket is Isn't already – Isn't that the way this is lined up this I year? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's a separate ticket purchase. And the the reason for that is probably because it's a different stadium seating configuration. You can't match up seat with seat. And, and Jacksonville yeah, – purchase make, on a seat would not make any difference. I'm going to buy seven tickets for seven games, six of them in Tallahassee, one in Jacksonville. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if that's how – now, not everybody would love that because some folks say, I don't want to go over to Jacksonville. And here, here's where our listeners need to understand why we don't know that because neither one of us buys tickets. We're up in the booth. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly right. And I don't know how they're going to market it. But I think you have – so the stadium configurations are different. And you also have Jacksonville's making money on this too. So they've got sponsors and whatnot who might have the the more primo seats or some of them so um you know it's easier for us to say that but i i don't know what the perfect answer is i know anytime florida state moves a home game the local vendors are really upset because that's business for them and i get it uh, on the other hand it's not florida state's job to provide business you know or help the local businesses in that way though they try to you know but the, but florida state's got to help itself too and so if there's revenue there are involved, competing there are they're competing, competing priorities yeah they're competing no priorities about it we haven't talked anything about the schedule. We've just talked about Boise State. Will they play a second game that they should win? Yes, Louisiana Monroe is right after that. Louisiana Monroe, we're going to have Odell Hagens come back and be the honorary coach that day since he's <laughs> he owns Louisiana Monroe, if you recall. Of course, he owns everybody. Everybody being Louisiana Monroe he, he's and the Southern only, Miss. He's yeah. the only Florida State head coach without a loss. That is question. That is a correct Yes, he's he's unbeaten. So that that's up next. All right, we'll go through it, and then we'll get Tim to react. So that's September 7th. September 14th, you're at Virginia. That's the crossover uh, game. With the stadium with nine names in it. Yeah, Scott Stadium. At something with somebody. somebody and, Harrison Field, Scott Stadium, and something else. Yeah, long name. Well, we only play there like every 10 years now. That's why I can't remember it. Side note, FSU doesn't go back to Virginia until 2030-something. In the entire 2020s, the way the schedule's set up now, this is it. Wow. I'm pretty 12, sure. 12 years, I think, is the gap. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So you're going 19. Yeah, so exactly. That that matchup will not happen in the entire 
next decade. Anyway, Louisville on September 21st here. NC State on September 28th here. That will be Parents Weekend. So four of the first five games are in technically Florida. home games, at least in Florida. Then you get a bye week. By the way, this is a the way the calendar falls, two bye weeks this year. So play five games, get an open week on October 5th. October 12th, you're at Clemson. Oh, boy. October 19th, you're at Wake Forest. Yay. October 26th will be homecoming here. That's Syracuse. November 2nd will be Miami. So once again, just when we got used to having it back midpoint of the season, second week of October, we moved that to November. November 9th at Boston College. Good news there. That's a holiday weekend for people. If you want to go to BC, that's Veterans Day weekend, playing the trip to Boston. November 16th, Alabama State. November 23rd, another bye week. Is Is that Thanksgiving this year? November 23rd would be the Saturday before Thanksgiving, and then November 30th is at Florida. So Florida is still Thanksgiving Thanksgiving is as late as it can be. It's November 28th this year. So there you have it. But an open date before Clemson and an open date before Florida. Exactly. Because of the two in the way the the calendar works. All right. Our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt, will guarantee – all wins. I, thought, I was going to say wins and losses, but he's on the payroll. He's got to guarantee all wins. Well, we haven't done. We'll get his official- we haven't done our test of him in quite a while, so now would be the time. We'll do that when we continue. After I remind you, by the way, that uh, and we talked a little bit about basketball. The Knolls are back on the road against Boston College Sunday, and the official away game watch spot for men's basketball games is Madison Social. Uh, if you didn't go down there this past weekend because you were concerned about the crowd from the dog nuptials and the wedding and all that, that's now over. So you can, you know, if you're not a pet lover. I don't even know if those people exist, but if you're not, then go to Madison Social this coming week uh, and watch Florida State play. We'll come back with more Front Row Knowles after this. on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Tim, after uh, we queued up the basketball music last week and we saw what happened with basketball, you knew we had to we had to throw that out. So, uh, I, you know, we went a little old school here uh, in honor of, of Keith's birthday uh, just this uh, past week, which we missed, by the way. Don't worry, I, I made up for it. But anyway, so we pulled out the Fleetwood Mac. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Don't stop. It'll soon be here. And maybe the more apropos lyrics, uh, it'll be it'll be better than before, which is what we're all hoping <laughs> as the schedule has been released. And Tim joins us via the uh, Earl Bacon Agency hotline. The Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. So, Tim, the schedule's out. What was your first reaction when you saw it? Uh, a few little things. Uh, overall, big picture, I think it's about uh, as as manageable and, I guess, friendly, for lack of a better word, uh, as the schedule can be. The two things that jump out to me, of course, and probably jumped out to you, would be the bye week before you go to Clemson and then a bye week before you go to Florida. One, just getting two bye weeks uh, in one season, I think, is a, a – a, a nice and rare luxury uh, and then knowing you're going to have a, a week off to rest recuperate prepare before you, probably your two toughest road games and two most significant road games uh, i think you'll take that every chance you can get it 
Side note, time for my annual rant that we could Here fix, we go. We could fix the two bye week thing by just inserting that into the schedule every year regardless of the calendar. I mean, that, they could vote oh, to yeah. fix that. Um, what else on the and schedule? Then, and then the, other thing, the other thing jumps out, too, is, uh, is no uh, – everything's on a Saturday. There's no Thursday game, no Friday game, no Monday game. Uh, everything is all just on uh, on Saturdays, and that's, uh, that's something that doesn't happen very often. I think 2003 was the last time Florida State played an entire football season uh, with all Saturday games. So uh, a little bit of history there as well. 2003. What was our record in 2003? Anybody look that up? Uh, our our, you know, our there's research a, department, can they get on that? There's a longstanding uh, point about never holding a wedding on a college football Saturday, right? What kind of fan are you? Well, lo and behold, yeah. my good friends John and Janelle got married the night FSU played at Clemson in 2003, which if you'll recall, Clemson defeated Chris Ricks and the Knowles. And so the Knowles in the audience at the wedding were actually in favor of that particular wedding, as it turned out. By the way, our crack research staff says we were 10-3 and three in 03. Ten and, we'd take 10-3 and three right now. Tim, would we sign up for that today, this moment, right now? If you, if you guaranteed me, uh, yeah, I think I'd probably go ahead and, and say yes to that one. We'd take 10 wins. I mean, 10 wins, you'd be in a, a significant bowl game. If you had three losses, it'd be Clemson and who else? I mean, I think we're all, without wasting time on it, we're all going to say Clemson's head and shoulders above Florida State right now. But honestly, when you look at the rest of these teams, and I know where FSU's coming from, Tim, I, I mean, if FSU gets better, there's they can compete with everybody else here on the schedule. Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. And you know what? And it's a, before we uh, uh, leave that last point, I looked it up uh, a little bit ago to see. So so Florida State beat Clemson uh, in Clemson in 2013, obviously a pretty memorable game. You know Clemson's record at home since that game? Undefeated. Not quite. 36-1. and one. Wow. It's a tough place to play. <laughs> well, and, and, uh, and another way one, to – another the one game they lost was I won to Pitt, and they won the national championship anyway. Uh, and another way to look at that is to is to turn back the clock on FSU because FSU lost there in eleven and nine and seven. Now, I mean, when's the yeah, last? Been very friendly. Like FSU won there in ninety nine for Bowden's three hundred, and they won there in thirteen. Is there another one I'm missing there? It's in, in the last nope. twenty years. Not yeah. the only one I know of. Or only two I know of. Right. So I mean, we're all going to pencil that one in as an L right now. Um, but uh, but I mean oh, I don't be, know about that. Well, no, I mean, but I'm. But I hear you. I hear your point. We're going to manage our expectations. Nobody's going to, uh, you know. I'm penciling it as an L. I'm not penciling anything right now. Exactly. Well, you know where your bread is buttered. You've got everything as a W. That's what we <laughs> teased before the break. I mean, you've got all wins. No, I mean, I you know, hey, you know, Florida. It, Florida clearly had a better year last year than FSU. So at Florida, I mean, FSU's won four games in a row to, to the opposite point of not winning at Clemson. Four times in a row, they've won at the Swamp. I remember when that place was going in the 90s. Uh, it was an incredible home field edge for Florida. And I thought, you know, some of the some great FSU teams couldn't win down there. Then you win four in yeah, a row. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it feels like... Yeah, I, I wonder... I haven't done a lot of research on that. I'm, I'm guessing the, uh, the list of teams that have won four straight down there is probably pretty short. Although Florida was pretty bad for a long time. We forget that. You know, pre-Keith no, pre Jones were. era, there might have been some teams that came... You know, I, I've thought about that too, though. I just don't, I can't take the time to take out the media guide and look it up. Do you know which Florida media guide I still own, by the way, Tim? I do. I do. I do. I do. It's the only media guide for Florida that I have kept. It's the one where they mistakenly put a crocodile oh, on the yeah. cover instead of an alligator. And and like they, they, they you know, you it's like email. You can't unsend it. So those of us who have one have kept it, even though they've tried to uh 
you know, erase that from the records. That was one of Zook's years. I don't remember. If it it might have been 03 now that we're talking about 03. <laughs> you know what I have? This isn't a Florida. We're really kind of digressing here, but, hey, it's January. The, um, uh, the NC State baseball, I think in 2010, they uh, they misspelled. Like, uh, instead of Wolfpack, it was Wolfpack, W-O-L-P-F-A-C-K. And it wasn't like just like, like a typeset. It was like the, like the main graphic. It had been you know, worked on and, uh, and, and the, like the graphic designer did it. It wasn't just somebody typed it the wrong way. Well, if you I want to go down that my, road, how about the time ball? when the entire ACC media guides had to be confiscated because one of the interns yeah. had yeah. put an appro- <laughs> inappropriate comment in there and somehow it got yeah, passed. Somehow it got out, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that's some pretty tedious work. So you'll, you'll have to uh, tell, tell our listeners to that's a radio-appropriate story. Hey, uh, I'm looking, as I mentioned this in the last segment, looking back at the schedule and bringing us back, trying to focus us a little bit. I, I understand that we've got from now until August 31st to do this, Tim. Uh, FSU at Virginia, which Charlottesville is, okay, here's the here's the sales pitch for the Charlottesville Chamber of Commerce. If you've never gone. Wonderful place. It's beautiful. The campus is beautiful. Charlottesville's great. Carving a D.C. trip. The game's September 14th. Make it happen. The only downside at all is the leaves won't be changing yet because it's not an October game. But I used to love when Florida State went to Charlottesville uh, regularly, save for the 95 game when they hand us our first ACC. No, yeah, yeah. That's No, when we got screwed is what you're saying. Here's the point. Uh, And I saw this. I forget who tweeted it. But the way the schedule works right now with crossover opponents, you only face these teams on the road every 12 years. So Florida State will right. not go back to Charlottesville until 2031. We're, we're just missing the entire decade of the 2020s. Is it time that we look at this and say, let's just scrap divisions, let's get a better rotation, let's work this out so that FSU can actually play Georgia Tech more than you know once every six years, twice once in Atlanta every 12 years? Uh, personally, I'm fine with it. I think there's got to be a way to to work that out. I mean, think about you know, the Florida State hasn't played at North Carolina since 2009, even longer than Virginia. I don't know when uh, when that's due to change. Probably the next few years, but it's just yeah, it's the same kind of situation. Uh, you know, I would you know be in favor of looking at something like uh, you know maintain you know have almost, almost kind of like you do with basketball. I know it's not exactly the same, but uh, but Florida State has. They're, uh, they're, they're guaranteed opponents, they're guaranteed home and away opponents in Clemson and Miami. I think you do something like that in football where you're guaranteed to play Clemson and Miami in the ACC every year. Those are your two main rivalries. And then uh, kind of rotate it uh, with everybody else. Uh, well, the other option I, would be I, I, to go one more league game. I mean, that has yeah. some pros and cons, obviously, as well. Well, that would alleviate some of the pressure. You get to, you get to Virginia more than once every 25 years. But it, even still, with the one more league game, it would still be uh, – you know, it would be a, a rare occurrence. That might work for the league. I don't think that would make FSU folks happy to the point we already discussed, Keith, about nobody gets excited about ACC teams coming in. The answer to your question is 2021 FSU plays at UNC. So this is what you have in terms of the crossover. In 2020, Pitt comes here. 2021 at UNC. 2022, Georgia Tech comes here. 2023 at Virginia Tech. 2024, Duke is here. And that's as far as I went because who knows what world we'll be living in by the time they renegotiate. By then, we'll have a 128-team playoff in 2026, don't you think? <laughs> I do. Th- I agree with you, I, I agree with you Tim. I, I think it's, it's a manageable schedule. You can't argue with the bye weeks, uh, having two of them. You can't argue with the fact you play on Saturday. I mean, if you really want to split hairs, you can send Commissioner Swafford a letter complaining 
that you play at Clemson and at Wake in back-to-back weeks. But is an FSU fan really going to pen a letter that indicates that you're upset about having to play at Wake Forest on the road as the second consecutive conference road game? I mean, I think that's an right. us problem, that, not yeah. a schedule problem. And it's the only it's the only time all season, I believe, uh, that you have back to back road games, um, and so you know you get that going for you as well. And I think you know if you 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 I mean I guess your alternative there you could say well you'd rather have the bye week between Clemson and Wake Forest, but I don't I don't know that that anybody would take that deal. I think you'd rather have it sandwiched between NC State and, and before you go to Clemson and you know give yourself every opportunity uh, before going up there. What so happens to the what happens to the argument with the uh, three home games early in the season about noon kickoffs versus seven? Thirty kickoffs. Yeah, well, yeah, that could be. That's uh, something as well to to think about. But also, the schedule's a little little wonky this year because the uh, the first game uh, is on August thirty first, so everything kind of gets you know extended to the three September games. If, if everything were you know, if, if this were last year's schedule and started that way, one of those games would be in is October. The Boise State but, game uh, after kind of the or do we know the calendar falls? The Boise State game we do not know contractually. ESPN has to let the schools know. I think by June first, and typically we know the first three kick times. Uh, coming out of those spring meetings or shortly thereafter, so mid-May to June. I do think there's some thought that we'll get a Boise State kick time earlier this year, which is tied to promotion to ACC Network. That said, I, I do know that FSU's pushing for a night game for Boise State. We'll see where that lands. I would think Louisiana Monroe. You know kind of, go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. So you know what's kind of interesting is that uh, the one thing is if you do have the, uh, the Monday games or the Thursday or the Friday games, you always know what time they are. Um, and so now knowing that uh, – Knowing we don't have uh, have those uh, available to us, so we're, we're kind of flying blind for a little while. You know, when we were at Notre Dame, and I tweeted this earlier today, I, I was looking at the Notre Dame program, and I'm flipping through, and you look at their schedule, and you print those programs like in July or August or whatever, and then you change out the roster, you know, two pages of it. They had all the kickoff times for their home games, and I'm thinking this is the benefit when you have your own TV network. You know what time you're playing all your home games. Uh, because right, from right. a university and a fan standpoint, it would be nice if you knew some of that. I would I would think that Louisiana Monroe, because that's not a high-profile TV game, FSU will probably be able to get that in as a 6 o'clock game. But then what you and – so and then the next kick time we'll know is at Virginia. So what that leaves, Keith, to your point, is September 21st and September 28th. We're not going to know till 13 days out, and the networks are going to decide. And, yes, you could be playing Louisville and NC State in the heat of Tallahassee at 12 noon which is not ideal. And the, but the reverse side of that as we've talked in the past, 12 noon used to be, you know, purgatory, but in the last couple of years it's become more and more of well, a from a network standpoint, more and more of a marquee and they like higher profile games, so maybe they'll put a higher profile game in there instead of us and we'll play later. Exactly. And we'll be happy because I was going to say it's been hotter than purgatory lately out there, right? <laughs> well, that it's, it's, it, that was good. I came up with that and it's good that you reacted to it. It's like we've done this before. I, I try. Keith uh turned 60 and we missed it, Tim. Would you like to wish him uh, any birthday uh well, actually, Tim, because I, I had the privilege of having lunch with, with Mr. Oh, Lindfeld so it's just me. Never on, mind. On Monday up in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So he uh, he has already would, given me his birthday. Did wish. you buy him a, a Monty Brothers sandwich, or what would you get? French fries. Uh, we, uh, we split an appetizer. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Big spender. It was cold. It was cold. Yeah. 
Well, uh, uh, no, t- the, the appetizer was not cold. It was cold outside. Yeah, well, I have not no doubt. Sure it was cold outside. And, and, and on the walk back to the hotel, Tim pointed out the old jail. I didn't know the old jail was next to the hotel. Then. Remember when I went looking for home plate at Forbes Field, which oh, is in yeah. a library on Pitt's campus? Oh, yeah. And I, I walked about 50 yards and figured out that I was not properly attired because it was like 12 <laughs> degrees and said, I'm just going to have to see a picture of it because I'm not actually going to walk around campus looking for it. Tim, we're done. Thank you for your insight. Well, I was about to say, to, uh, Tom, you know, it's fun about that. If you find that home plate on Pitt's campus, which is, is there, if you uh, you line it up and then walk about 300 feet uh, from that home plate, you'll find the uh, the outfield wall from, uh, from Forbes Field. It's there as well. Huh. Well, I needed you yeah. with me because uh, at the time I was looking straight down, hands in my pocket, freezing to death, and having not been a, a Pittsburgh guy like you are, I wasn't really that enamored with the idea of finding home plate from Forbes Field. Well, you know, you've gone that far. So, anyway, we can talk about this another time. All righty, Tim, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Good work. You got it, guys. We'll see you. Our Seminoles.com insider on the Earl Bacon Agency hotline. You're grinning again. It was just – Did, he put, Tim, a, did he put a candle on your sandwich no, or appetizer no, the other day or anything. he didn't sing or anything? He didn't do anything like that. Just was very cordial. Uh, but he has family up there. So the night before, Sunday night, he had gone out – uh, with cousins and others and that type of thing, and and it, you know, it, it, what what makes me smile about that is is you know we we have opportunities to go to places. I got nobody in Pittsburgh related family. Obviously, Monk was from Pittsburgh, one of my best friends from college, but from a relationship standpoint, I got nothing. And yet, I'm traveling with somebody. He's got friends there, and then you travel somewhere else. They've got family there and friends, and you travel somewhere. I mean. Six degrees of separation just doesn't exist anymore. You travel with Deckerhoff. There's always a rock star crowd waiting your guys' arrival. Well, I know this. There's no question that Gene and I are very seldom ever alone. <laughs> there's always someone wanting some piece of him, no question. We'll come back, react, continue to react to the schedule uh, as we roll on on Front Row Knoll. Stay with us. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and Keith with you as uh, we continue to digest this uh, schedule. We knew who FSU was playing. Now we know the order. I I do think if you get things pointed back in the right direction a little bit it's a manageable schedule well i think what we'll look back on well certainly it's a manageable schedule it's a question of how much does fsu get pointed back in the right direction one of the things i think we'll look back on on the five and seven season you know with all the disappointment associated with it i mean that was a horrendous schedule you know it had been a long long time since florida state had played a schedule of that of that horrendously challenging challenging yes. yes and um you know now you look at this one and anything compared to last year's schedule is going to measure more favorably in that in that measurement um but I, but i like it i mean I, I think your argument that you've made for several years is demonstrated here by you know in those other years you could move the season started a week earlier and end up with the two open dates uh you can see it can work because that's the way the schedule works out now uh i think uh not having to play on a friday night or thursday night uh while 
I understand the necessity of doing that and promotion of the league and, and of individual schools. Um, it's nice sometimes when you don't have to do that. And then you go back to the argument about neutral site versus moving home games to start the season. Uh, that's also going to be interesting. One of the things we didn't talk about uh, relative to scheduling in the future is because of the ACC network, both football and basketball, specifically basketball, but potentially football, you may end up playing a league game on the first game of the year uh, in order to provide um, content for the ACC network uh, moving forward in 2019, this coming year. Clemson will actually be uh, on there, and I hadn't looked. Did you look to see whether it was a league game or, or a non-conference opponent? But anyway, Clemson opens their season on the ACC network as the marquee game for the kickoff of the network. In basketball, we're going to start playing league games in November. And they've announced another game. one, Notre Dame. Uh, I forget who they're playing. Obviously, it's add an ACC opponent, and so you want to watch Notre Dame, so the, the network is leveraging that one. Yeah, we're going to hear more of those. More, I think, are going to come out around the ACC tournament time in March because there'll be a a lot of TV viewers tuned into that. And so I think there'll be other announcements about what's going on with the ACC network there. I'm just um, looking to the the future. So let me ask you this from a broad question. This isn't related to the network. But the ACC over the years has, has, as they've added teams, they have not forced teams – uh, to keep certain weekends free so that they could have a regular set conference schedule every year. I.e. in the SEC, you've got non-conference the first two or three weekends. Maybe it's the first two. And then after that, Florida knows they play Tennessee the third weekend in September every year. Uh, and Alabama and LSU, you know it's that second Saturday in November every year. The ACC has not done that for the reason I just mentioned because you'd have to force some teams to give up whatever traditions they have there. Would you like to know right now that FSU and Miami are playing on the second Saturday in October in 2028? Or do you like this unveiling and a little Christmas surprise the way we do it? I I would prefer the the set way so that you know, uh, because I think what happens is uh, you, you, if you know you're playing the third Saturday of the season, you plan your non-conference, you plan your non-conference accordingly. And whether that third game of the season is is whether Miami is in an up year or a down year, you know when it is. And you can make the argument that in, in a year in which Miami runs the table and Florida State runs the table, it's great from a viewer's standpoint to have that game in the ninth or 10th weekend of the season because it has such significance. But at the same token, you go back to – traditionally that's a big game you'd rather have that game earlier in the year because if you lose it you got time to make up you know obviously the adage of losing early you can overcome losing late is 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 not that's not possible a lot of arguments both ways but i would prefer to see it you know structured as opposed to unstructured and you're talking from a team and a school standpoint it's beneficial i do think there's merit for the fans too i mentioned weddings earlier whatever it is you don't have to, you know, your your kid's little league game. You would have an idea that, well, we this is the year we're on the road at Clemson, and that's definitely going to be the second Saturday in November or whatever it is. So you can you can plan if that's a game you're trying to go to or not go to. Um, widen the schedule conversation here. Uh, mentioned a little bit of this, but 2020 FSU plays West Virginia in Atlanta as the opener and at Boise State and Florida. So there's one more non-conference to fill for 2020. For 2021 – Notre Dame comes to Tallahassee. I think that's a Monday night, Labor Day Monday night game. I think that's already been announced. 
Uh, maybe my recollection is not correct. And at Florida. So there's two two conference games to set there. 2022 and 23 is when LSU is on the schedule. Although all those stories uh, were out, but it has not been officially announced by the university. But it's supposed to be LSU in New Orleans at the Superdome to open 2022 and LSU to open 2023 in Orlando. Um, but that's it in terms of, of what non-conference is out there right now. I mean, you've got Florida every year. You've got Notre Dame every three years. You've got that two-game set with LSU. You've got a West Virginia neutral site game in Atlanta, and you've got the Boise State. Well, part of what drives so I guess, that. I guess what I'm saying is when you start looking at 2021 and 2024, do you go back to home and home or do well, you play what, for the neutral game? What drives that, though, Tommy, is you, you there's a part of you because of the neutral site games – there's a part of you you don't want to lock in your schedule in 2024 and not be eligible to be considered for one of those games. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's a little bit of a chess match about what you are willing to contractually commit to versus while you're waiting for those neutral site committees in Dallas and Atlanta and others to make decisions about who they want to reach out to. Because wouldn't it? I mean, if 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 Atlanta it, calls you and says we'd like to have you in 2024 and you're already contractually obligated to pick a school now you got to cancel a contract or you got to but i think it, it goes back to more of the fundamental decision of saying what's the right number or what's the right decision here do we want to play the neutral site game or is it costing us too much in terms of marketing our home schedule and selling out our home schedule I, you it? cannot afford not to play the neutral site games they you, are so that you, big you'd play one every year no not every year, but I would play one every other year or every third year. In other words, I would not remove myself well, if from you, consideration. Well, if you played one every third year, in theory, you could mix a home and home in in the other two years, understanding that one year, you know, you'd have to set that up. So if it's a year where you're at Florida, you better have that other opponent at Doak. But but in theory, what you would be doing is making your schedule every year on top of the conference. you got an at Florida or an at Power 5 but The school. reality is you would say, I would want, like to play every third year. But you may play one year, skip a year, play another year, and skip four years before. In, in other words, it averages one out of every three. You're not going to be able to get the Atlantas and the Dallases of the world to commit to you that you're going to play every third year. I mean, it really is a chess match in, in putting that together. But, and I, I make my statement again, you can't afford to remove yourself from the consideration because the, the publicity and, and the notoriety and the, and the exposure as well as the money – is just too great to pass up. The other thing we haven't talked about relative to the season, uh, you know, season tickets and schedule, is at some point in time, Doak Campbell Stadium seating capacity is going to start being reduced because they're going to continue to be that momentum appropriately to replace the seats with chairbacks and some other things that that are more you know, fan-friendly, game-day experience-oriented. And and so that ties into your season ticket base because your capacity is not going to be 79,000 five or ten years from now. That capacity is going to be something less than that. And I don't know what ideal is, but we've we've had the conversations, you know, just from a from a uh, the inches of the rear end that goes on a seat that the chair backs take up more space than the way that we got the seating now. That's going to how does all that fill fill into the mix? Yeah, and that's probably still several years off to get all that done. But that is the trend with where pro stadiums are. You know, sixty five thousand is more that you, you create some more demand there, and, and you've got more 
higher level experiences like what the Champions Club is and all that. We can't solve all those problems. Uh, matter of fact, we can't solve any of them. We can just continue to identify them as we have been We doing. are identifiers. If this is how you choose to solve your problems, the Tallahassee Beer Festival is coming up on January 26th. You can get more information at tlhbeerfestival.com. Is that a long-term solution or a short-term solution? I was not advocating it as a solution. I was simply pointing out that if that's how you solve yours, tlhbeerfestival. I keep interrupting you. Can I give the URL? (laughs) Go ahead. It's a phone. What were you saying? It's a phone number in your book. What were you saying? (laughs) tlhbeerfestival.com. It's January twenty-sixth. It's the last Saturday. Uh, here in the month I, of January. I just got the evil eye from Matthew. That means Jones, shut up. Uh, we've been talking about it. It's going to be a good time. Uh, all kinds of beer to sample, including all of the local uh, uh, folks and the well-established folks. And and from all over the, the state and the country, encourage you to uh, participate and tell them that uh, you heard it from us and it was painstakingly long when we delivered the message because Keith wouldn't quit interrupting me. Come back with more on the show and wrap things up after this on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles. Okay, enough schedule talk. We've got a lot of other things to get to, including the fact that uh, our good friends at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, we may need to solicit their services to construct maybe they could build a quarterback for us because the depth chart is getting a little bit thinner perhaps another another vacating person we'll explain momentarily but uh, thank you to ron and and the good folks at cornerstone tool and fastener for being longtime supporters of this program and this station uh, if you've got to do it yourself project go see ron a couple locations here in town and uh, they will walk you through it keith and i uh we're we're living examples of that because we can hardly cook toast, let alone you know do a do-it-yourself project. At you the can house. cook toast. I said hardly. Oh, <laughs> um, so the news today outside of the schedule is that James Blackman's name is in the transfer portal, which does not mean that he's definitely transferring. It just means he's exploring his options. His body type doesn't fit the Gulf Coast and or Art Browse offense uh, because he's going to get killed when he runs the football. But I hate it. He's such a great kid. If he ultimately ends up transferring, he's a great kid, well-respected by his teammates. Uh, he came in and did a yeoman's job um, two years ago, You know, forced into duty as a, just a standard, regular freshman under fire. Uh, I, I hate to see... I hate to see the movement that we're seeing with the transfers, another topic for another day. Uh, but obviously he needs to and wants to do what's in his best interest. And candidly, he would be better fitted probably in another type of offense. So this would not have caught Willie Taggart by surprise. I, w- might, I wouldn't think so. It might be potentially the conversation that was held midseason and might explain, I'll do what I can to to, to – preserve a year of eligibility which in effect makes you more attractive to another school that's pursuing you right now correct so yeah. i i mean all that's possible what, what it leaves short term is you have deandre francois and who else so you've got jordan travis who's transferred in not eligible right now but there's some thought that they may be able to get him eligible this year now is he the answer i don't know plus they're at, they're still out recruiting quarterbacks that is correct and they signed one um they've got one incoming freshman do they not uh not signed yet no uh, committed maybe i've been reading 
uh, maybe committed in the in the long term, but Sam Howell got away, so that was the one they had committed. That uh, when Walt Bell left, he walked out the door as well. Right. It'll be interesting. Uh, obviously, Florida State has uh, suffered and operated under a short uh, list of quarterbacks. Looks like twenty nineteen may be no different. It's hard for me to see a scenario where there's just two on the roster again, like there was last year. Though I agree. Um, and that said, yes, your your quarterback play has to get better, but there's a lot of other issues here. Which leads to the Jalen Hurts question, and he's still out there as we talk. Miami got a transfer from Ohio State. UCF got a transfer from Notre Dame, and Wimbush is going to to UCF. Hurts and Florida State uh, was talked about by the FSU fan base a month ago, well before the end of the season. Now when you look at where he's made his visits and there's Vegas odds, FSU isn't even in the picture. But separate all that, would you take Jalen Hurts for a year? I would take him for a year. I certainly would. Now, I would do a little more background check, but by all public um, visions of what he's done, he was an ideal teammate. He supported um, uh, the, the program when, even though he had his starting job yanked from him uh, and appears to be well-respected and, 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 and all that with his teammates. So, yeah, I, I would take him if he offered his services, no question, particularly given the situation you're in right now and if you can't get the Louisville kid eligible. Yeah, I would as well, not thinking that he's uh, a panacea and going to solve all the problems. But I'm purely, I know nothing about Jalen Hurts, but the fact that he stuck it out given the situation at Alabama and got to come back and be a hero in the SEC championship game uh, and coming from that culture where they're used to winning, not losing. You see, one of the problems here uh, at Florida State, and folks don't want to admit it because it's hard to think that this is where FSU is compared to where it was in the dynasty. You're almost at the opposite stage where it's okay that we lost. And it's not okay when that's okay. And that's the culture that has to change. There's a published report out uh, with an interview of Eberly, the starting center from last year, that kind of talked about uh, that attitude adjustment that was needed. And that was coming from a player that has just left the program, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. Um, yeah, there's, there's a need for a continuing movement in another direction. And I think Florida State's headed that way. I mean, this will be a second class that Willie's brought in, so half the roster's his. And, uh, you know, other guys have left for whatever reason, whether they were forced out or whether they well, were couple, nudged out. A couple or, of others have entered the portal based on what I'm reading. Uh, yeah, there's some today. other names out there, too, who of least. Uh, George Campbell was one. And, um, is he in the portal or just talking about Maybe uh, talking about it in, in the tight end. Um, yeah, Upshur. Yeah. Pops Upshur. But, and, and a running back. Yeah, Rasul, and his name was out. Yeah. Uh, of late as well so you know a lot of change that's not uncommon if you i mean there was a lot of talk miami even last year maybe but certainly when rick first came in uh they were short some scholarships from ncaa issues but then you just kind of you know you can call it cleaning house but in some respects there's just not a perfect fit and people move on but miami was playing short uh and some some scholarship athletes for all it's just the way that it works all right let's uh, other other notes here real quick as we as we wrap up the show basketball keith are we going to get back on track i think so uh i think that uh the uh, residual carryover from the great performance but nevertheless the loss to duke uh was very evident monday night i think that's uh both uh, a blessing and a curse because this team is still talented 
to be a to be a, an elite eight or a final four team, but they've got to learn how to press push through uh, adversity, and um, uh, they were just they were just not playing well. This is evidenced by their three point shooting. Um, fans will say appropriately that the referees and the officiating did Florida State no favors in the Pittsburgh game, but the bottom line is the kids did not come out and play well, and and that was because the residual effect of that game regardless of how coach ham wants to couch it and appropriately he's going to say you can't pay attention to that well you're right you can't pay attention to it but you got to pay attention to it and uh, they got to learn from it and i think the ability to have another six days off get back on the practice court a little bit before they face boston college on sunday uh comes at a very good time for the squad the track team's number one we got yep. that going for us yep men's track team yep Softball is now charging admission to its games. Is that a problem? I'm 100% fine with it. For all the talk that I see, and a lot of this is social media or here about uh, Florida State finding ways to generate revenue, this one to me, now on the one hand, you're, you're, you could make the argument you're penalizing loyal fans. I would suggest that the price points are low enough that you're putting a value on the product, which is a national championship product product you're not gouging anybody and oh by the way at the end of the day you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue for so doing beer Uh, they should i don't know just asking i don't know but that would be another i think one of the things was impressive uh in the story that i read was that uh the stadium seats a thousand for for softball and the average home attendance last year was 928 that's impressive good crowd well it's good product really good product um Start, yeah, I don't think, start it, charging I don't think it's for a soccer? bad. Yeah, uh, you, the, the people that go to soccer and softball are big fans of that sport, and you could certainly charge for soccer too, uh, no question. And I don't think it would. I don't think there'd be diminishing returns on that as, as long as you're setting a low enough price point. I mean, people pay ten bucks to go to the movies routinely. You um, pay five bucks to go to a sporting event. It, well, if you've already been going, no, no question. Yeah, was well, it five for adult and three for students? I think on the or three for side. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the season tickets are a hundred and. 25 maybe maybe 115 for 30 games something like that yep. so you get the price point even lower all right anything else uh for the good of the order keith does the super bowl coming up oh we don't talk about that crap well so what do you think on that we got several knolls that are uh potentially headed to the super bowl well i read and read another article regardless of the outcome at least florida state will be represented in the super bowl regardless well, of who wins in the uh divisional or the uh you got conference the, play you got the rams or the saints Oh, you know, I I would go on, I would go with the Saints for one reason, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah. So the Saints have P.J. Williams and Patrick Robinson's been on IR. If the Rams win, you got Lamarcus Joyner in the Super Bowl. On the other side, Chiefs or Pats? Got to go with Chiefs. Got to go with Mahomes. I'm going with quarterbacks. You know, I, I think you're going, if you're going quarterbacks, you might have to go Brady. Well, I, Brady's real old and Mahomes is real young, and I'm going to go with the young guy. Okay. I mean, Brady's pretty good in cold weather. I understand. I hate the Pats, too. I'm not pulling for them. <laughs> uh, the Pats have Ryan Izzo on injured reserve if if they should win. But uh, the Chiefs are, are like, literally, they're Florida State Midwest. Kelvin Benjamin, Cam Irving, Derek Noddy, Terrence Smith. Noddy had a great game uh, last year. And Cam week. Irving has been a key guy on that offensive line for them, too. Yep. So... All right, so there we have it. Keith, uh, again, belated happy birthday. I do feel bad about that. Not a problem. I've been ignored by a lot better people than you. I'm sure you have, and I'm sure that will continue to be the case. And for the sake of our listeners, I didn't sing happy birthday to you. And we all appreciate that. Yes, I'll talk to you next week.
Yo, yo sé 